Welcome to the MX Podcast featuring Dan Roberts. Hey, welcome to Series 2 of the MX Podcast. Now today, I'm going to talk about confidence and I've got 10 tips to help you feel more confident. I hope they uh, resonate with you. I hope you found them useful and let's get going. So firstly, why is confidence important? Well, if you're stuck in a rut or you want to do anything new in your life, like change your career, get a new relationship or do anything vaguely scary, if you don't have confidence, it will restrict you or chain you and it will stop you making that leap or make that leap more painful. And that's a shame because new experiences and change is a part of life. So I think having confidence is the kind of default setting we should have. And if you're in reduced confidence, you're you're missing out. Basically, life is more fun when you have more confidence. I'm a pretty confident guy, and uh, I know it's not the most scientific of uh, tests, but my life's been pretty fun, and I think it's because I've been confident. I've not been afraid of making mistakes, and I've said yes to stuff. We'll talk about this later on when we talk about experience, but I do think generally, I want to say it now off the, off the, off the bat, that when you throw yourself at stuff, you get more confidence. When you have more confidence, you also kind of throw yourself at more things, so it's a it becomes uh, a virtuous circle. And the same is true if you're not confident, you don't do stuff, then you don't do stuff and become less confident, it becomes a vicious circle. Um, like I said, we'll touch on this later on in the tips, but something to put in your mind straight away. Do stuff, say yes to things, throw yourself at adventures. That's how you get more confident in life. So let's begin with talking about competence, because there's an old saying, competence breeds confidence. And I think that's an important thing to say. If you want to feel really confident as a surgeon, well, be really good as a surgeon. If you really want to feel confident as a dancer, go for dance lessons. You know, you can do all the kind of psychology training or uh, watching motivational videos, but if you're a shit dancer, it's not going to help you. So I think if you want to get good at a particular skill, putting some time into it makes sense. Now, this is also highlights the difference between arrogance and confidence. See, some people on the outside may look at your behavior or other people's behavior and think, oh, it's arrogant. But there's a huge difference between arrogance and confidence. They may look the same, but the, the mentality is vastly different because an arrogant person has completely overestimated what they're capable of completely. They don't know what they're capable of and they've made a mistake where a confident person is completely aware of what they're capable of. So it's all about awareness. And this leads into point number two, awareness. You've got to know yourself, guys. So if you have a limiting belief, let's say you're afraid of failure, that's going to affect your confidence or afraid of success. Now, as a business owner, it's, it's, um, it's quite easy for me to not be afraid of failure because running a business, my friend, is all about failing. You make, I don't know, 10 decisions a day, five decisions a day, and you don't get all of them right. You bring out products, you create brands, and not all of them work. You write a post on Instagram. Sometimes no one likes it. It's constant failure, and you learn from that, and you get feedback from that, and then you adapt, and that's how you grow. Uh, look at Elon Musk, probably one of the greatest entrepreneurs ever. Um, he's failed a bunch of times, like Tesla nearly has nearly failed several times. SpaceX was one blowing up missile away from completely combusting the entire company. You, the bigger the ambition you have, the more you have to allow and kind of embrace failure, actually. I mean, look at skiing. Uh, if you want to learn how to ski, or remember if you do ski, if you remember you first learned, 
you fell over, right? If you never fell over when you first learned to ski, you're probably not a very good skier because you have to push the envelope. You have to go beyond your level to get to to get that improvement. So failure is a part of learning and learning is the cornerstone to success. All right, number three. I want you to improve the way you talk to yourself. Now, think about it. How do you talk to yourself? Do you apologize a bit too much? Do you say sorry too many times? It's a very British thing, by the way. Uh, do you like call yourself an idiot under your breath when you do something wrong? Be really careful because you're sending the wrong message to your subconscious. Um, keep a note of it. Spend the next, I don't know, for the next two days, make, have a little pen and paper, make a note of like the kind of talk you say to yourself in your head and out loud. And just make sure you're not putting yourself down because if you put yourself down, you're just making life harder. Um, it goes back to what I just said about awareness. When we're lacking in confidence, or maybe you feel you might be lacking in confidence, we need to be aware of what our triggers are and where that manifests, and then we can work on it. Another thing, this is related to this. When someone pays you a compliment, please don't deflect it. Just pause for a couple of seconds, look at someone in the eye, and say thank you, and then shut up. That's the way. I know sometimes it's nice to kind of like deflect or be really humble, but it's important for confidence to just accept it and carefully and elegantly just say thank you. Alrighty, what do I want to talk about next? Body confidence. Okay, now how do we get more body confident? Now, I've talked about this a lot, and obviously we've got that um, we've got that free course written by Danielle on the website. If you want to find out more about a okay. clinical method to improving your body confidence but I think the most important thing is just to be grateful um, be grateful for your body I mean be grateful to be alive the chances of being alive are so slim anyway if you think sort of philosophically about actually being born um, and the fact we have legs and arms and we can do stuff our bodies are amazing they really are instruments and not just ornaments and if we just stop comparing ourselves or comparing one part of ourselves to other people you can't not feel fantastic about your body. So I've got a little task for you. I'd like you to write 10 things about your body that you absolutely love and respect. But only two of them can be related to your looks. All right, point number five. Your physiology affects your psychology. So about five years ago, I decided to create a box set of DVDs, like a fitness workout. Um, by the way, it never got released. I spent so much money, tens of thousands of pounds and so much time and effort. We had a big crew and cast and I spent so long creating that and it never, ever got released. Long story why that didn't happen, but yet another example of my many failures in life. But hey ho, uh, if it wasn't for that, I would have never have created Nuxu, which is like my latest product and something I'm incredibly proud of, something really personal. But anyway, when I decided to create this video box set, I knew I had to do a lot of presenting. So I decided to hire an acting coach because uh, I know how to coach, but coaching and presenting are definitely different things. And also at the time, about half my clients, I mean, now it's about 80% of my clients, but half my clients were actors. And I figured I'd want to understand like the acting process a bit more because I like understanding. The more I understand my clients, the more I feel I can be a better coach because I have more empathy. So... I had this guy and he was rather trained. So we did a lot of voice work, a lot of, um, a lot of really interesting things, particularly around the voice and how to, how to resonate and how to enunciate 
You pronounce your P's like Peter Piper when he picked his peppers and all kinds of vocal warm-up exercises. It was really fascinating. We also did singing lessons, which was hilarious because I can't sing for shit. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. It definitely got me out of my comfort zone. And the voice work was particularly interesting. You talk slowly. You talk clearly. You do all the things I'm not doing on this podcast because I'm just chatting to you. Uh, What else? Yeah, we learned things like um, when you want to draw people in and you're sharing a story, you bring the volume down. You live longer gaps. And I really feel like I'm sharing a, a heartfelt secret with you, my audience, and it makes me come across as more sincere. But then when I want to be excited, I talk loudly and quickly and wave my arms around. And I mean, it's all common sense, really. But, you know, it's interesting. Anyway, my point of this little story is we did an exercise taken from Tony Robbins. If you don't know Tony Robbins, he's a very L.A. Sort of self-help guru, very successful guy, teaches people how to live their best life, how to be motivated and ask the right questions and all that kind of stuff. He's uh, Back in the day, he used a lot of like NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Skills. And um, yeah, the guy knows his stuff. He's a bit too LA for my liking, but you know, I'm just a cynical northerner, so that happens. Now, we did an exercise called incantations. Incantation is when you say a mantra, a positive mantra again and again, but you don't just say it with your voice, you say it with your whole body. And what I had to say um, was, all that I need is within me now. But I didn't have to say it. I had to kind of bellow it. So my acting coach got me kind of walking around the room for about five minutes, bellowing. All I need is within me now. All I need is within me now. All I need is within me now. And there's like rock music in the background. And Jesus, I mean... All that cynicism went away and I felt like I could fly by the end of it. It was amazing. It felt so good because I was saying it with conviction, saying it with my entire body. And it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a real powerful exercise. And I said, I don't normally do shit like that. Um, and it really, really worked. It put me in such a powerful state, like a state like I could do anything. And this is what a lot of presenters do. A lot of people who give talks for a living do before they go on stage. Athletes do this as well, like rugby players do this and footballers, fighters do this a lot before they do their walkout. They do stuff to get them in the right frame of mind. And it and it really works. So, uh, yeah, you can give that a go if you've got no shame, <laughs> if you want to. Uh, it's just good to get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes we just have to break free from our shackles of cynicism and of like prudishness and just go for it. Also, you know, linking to this physiology affects your psychology. When you walk... Walk with intention, walk proud, shoulders back, chest out, long strides. When you sit, sit up straight, don't slouch. When you talk, talk with clarity, don't mumble. That's the way to feel confident within yourself and that projects confidence outside of you. And when people feel like you're a confident person, they actually treat you a bit differently as well. Um, if you talk to someone and you kind of mumble and talk really quietly and, and, and say uh, a lot, which I do too much, I know on this podcast, but um, um, you know, and look at, look down at your feet, people are not going to say, oh, that guy's, you know, someone we need to respect. They're going to like look down on you. We don't want that. No, no, no. You need to talk, walk, act, think powerfully. Life's more fun that way and the universe will will respond to you i think in a better way number seven i want to talk about imposter syndrome now if you feel like you're not worthy of your status your position you feel a bit like an imposter 
I think what's handy to realize is that so many people feel like that. If you talk to 20 successful people, in my experience, 10 to 15 will feel that way quite a lot of the time. Not all the time, but quite a lot of the time. So I think if you do have little bouts of like dropping in confidence and people are like, oh my God, what am I doing in this job? That's normal. Okay. And it's okay to have a little dip in confidence for a week or a few weeks at a time. What we don't want is months on end where you're feeling lowly confident. That's what I want you to sort of climb out of. But little dips, just, you know, part of life. You know, we all have little doubts. We all have little moments. It's fine. We all have stumbles. That's normal. I think sometimes we can put too much pressure on ourselves all the time. Um, and I don't want to do that on you at all. I don't want you walking around like you're 100% confident all the time. And if you're not, you're a loser. That kind of misses the point of this uh, of this episode today. So yeah, talk to successful people. Realize that they also feel, you know, like an imposter sometimes. And just go, all right, yeah, it's part of life. No big deal. And then uh, get back to focusing on the other ways you can feel more confident and just, you know, going through life with a smile and with purpose. All righty. Next, have goals. Goals are so important. Now, I'm a coach. I've been a coach since I've been 16. That was 28, coming up to 29 years ago. So obviously, I'm kind of biased in this. I do believe that having goals are important. Um, I say it with my clients, when we have a clear goal with my client, when we discuss and we have something to aim for, we have more focus. We have clarity. It's easier to push that person and we get better results. It's just that. So if you have goals in life, be it for your career, be it for your lifestyle, you're more likely to get closer to them than if you just live a bumbling along ad hoc lifestyle. When people have like a vision, like a compelling reason to get up in the morning on a mission to do something, be they an athlete or a dancer or a writer or a musician or an activist or someone who's got such kind of passion, which makes them get up early in the morning and like go for it. It's super attractive and it doesn't really matter what their goal or mission is. Just seeing that is... I don't know, for me, it's the sexiest thing in the world. So uh, I'm going to give you some relationship advice now, which I'm not qualified to give whatsoever. But if you're single and you're looking for the person of your dreams, um, rather than searching for that person, go inside and focus on what you're passionate about because you driving forward in life with purpose will make you more attractive to the opposite sex and the same sex. Literally, there's nothing sexier than someone on a mission. Tip number nine, have a philosophy of life. Now, there's no way to prove if your philosophy is right or wrong, but that's irrelevant. But by having a philosophy which you believe in, I think you're more likely to walk with confidence through life. So if you're deeply religious, you're going to have faith. That gives you confidence. If you're philosophical and you're, I don't know, an absurdist or an existentialist and you really believe that, you you have more confidence because there's less doubt. Remember, confidence is the opposite of doubt. When we know stuff, we become confident. When we feel we know stuff, we're confident. And there's nothing more um, important, really, to have an understanding of what life's about, like why are we here? So if you're not too sure, then, you know, read up, talk to people, study, study the religions, read the Quran, read the Bible. Uh, if you're not religiously uh, inclined, which I'm not, I've got to say, then read philosophy, read about Sartre and Camus, read Kierkegaard and Nietzsche. There's some fascinating, deep intellectual thinkers out there who try to wrap their head around what life is. Also, you could look for popular culture in uh, poetry, in, in comics. I mean, comics are a good one because they often speak the truth were particularly nowadays sometimes 
it's hard to say things which go against what's popular on social media because of cancel culture and a few other things. Uh, sometimes comics get around that by being very amusing. People like Ricky Gervais does this really well. Uh, very insightful uh, sort of lectures he gives in a way. His his fame and his animals and um, his politics tours, which I went to see, were actually kind of forensic deconstructions of modern society if you want to look at them that way. Another guy who does this is Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks is one of my favourite comics. He was like a counterculture guy from the 80s. And I'm going to share with you now, actually, what he said, what life's about. It's a bit Alan Watts-esque. And um, yeah, it's not particularly funny, but, you know, please Google it because he says it much better than me. But this is what he says about what life's about. The world is like a ride in an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. The ride goes up and down, around and around. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly coloured, and it's very loud, and it's fun. For a while, many people have been on the ride for a long time, and they begin to wonder, hey, is this real, or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered, and they come back to us and say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid ever, because this is just a ride. And we kill those people. Shut him up. I've got a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furs of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill the good guys who try and tell us that. And let the demons run amok. But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride. And we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. Just a simple choice right now between fear and love. So that was Bill Hicks there sharing a kind of uh, Alan Watts Buddhist slash the Matrix view of the world. If you believe that, then why not be confident? Because it's all a game, right? It's all just a ride. Hmm, Worth thinking about. All right, finally, number 10, my final bit of advice for you today on this podcast about how to improve your confidence is to get out of your comfort zone. That's how, when you have more experiences in life, you get more confident. Now, let me give you some personal examples. Uh, When I was 21, I bought a one-way ticket to Lima. I remember being in the SJ Travel in New York in Union Square, uh, asking for a one-way ticket, and the, uh, the girl was like, why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just want to go. Um, I couldn't speak Spanish. Um, I had a few thousand dollars on me, cash. I had no credit card. And I just wanted a little adventure, you know. Uh, I ended up spending four or five months in South America, traveling all over, getting up to all kinds of mischief and seeing the whole place. And oh, it was wild. But it was that getting out of my comfort zone at the start, going to Peru without knowing anyone, having no money, no contacts, not much money anyway um that got me more confident afterwards so you kind of do the action and you get the confidence afterwards then when i did my next trip i did many many trips in my 20s then it was easy um same as when i first trained my first athlete i was like yeah yeah i can train athletes but i hadn't trained a professional athlete and when you have your first professional athlete as a trainer you kind of worry i remember stretching some of the royal ballet girls before going on to do a performance and i hadn't hadn't really done that much stretching. I knew the theory and I've trained, you know, I've stretched people obviously, but it's like 15, 20 years ago now. Stretching a royal ballerina just before going on, on, you know, on stage, 
You don't want to overstretch her and hurt her because that would just be mortifying. But if you if you understretch her, she could be injured. So you kind of have to do the best job. But then when I did it again the next day, I felt more confident. And then, you know, fast forward 10 years later when I'm stretching someone, because I've stretched ballerinas just before show, I know exactly how far I can push before hurting someone. And that's given me confidence to be pretty confident stretching people. Another example, uh, I'll give you a business example, starting from scratch. I mean, now I, I run a business, Dan Roberts Group, and everything's great. But I was a freelance trainer for many years, and I lived in different countries. And this was way before social media, so I didn't really have a brand. So when I first moved to uh, Australia, uh, and I was a trainer there, didn't know anyone, had to build a business from scratch. Then I moved to New York. I got a job in New York, actually, as a strength coach after that. But then I was a freelance strength and conditioning coach in New York. You know, start from scratch. Had to get to know the whole American system. Then I moved to London and again, started from scratch. And then I remember uh, after quite a few years in London, I moved to Brazil because uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to move to Brazil. I was like, yeah, fine. And I ended up starting from scratch as a trainer in Brazil, not knowing a word of Portuguese. Uh, that worked out great. That's actually one of the ways uh, Methodology X began because I started training a load of models when I was in Brazil because my the girlfriend I the girl I was going out with was a model she was signed to a big agency and I ended up training like stars in Brazil and then when I got back home I talked to all the model agencies in London and I started working with like one of the biggest model agencies in London and they sent me all these amazing girls and I kind of built my reputation training models this was back in 2012 so when you kind of take risks and if I hadn't gone to Brazil and just randomly sort of like hung out on the beach and started training models um which I'd not done before, by the way, then MX would never have been invented, you know, and I never had that part of my career. Uh, another example, uh, New Zealand. I was, I was traveling around South Pacific. I spent a year traveling around um, like Fiji and Tahiti, all those places, and I ended up in New Zealand, and I was broke when I got to New Zealand, and um, like completely broke. Again, no credit card, no contacts, no wealthy family. I just, you know, I was just screwed. And I hitched a ride to Taupo, which is about I don't know, four or five hours, I think, south of Auckland. And I literally had no money whatsoever. So I went around all the hostels there and I asked if I could do something like work for work in return for like a bed and some food. They all said no. <laughs> then I went back and went back to the first one again, which was like a big backpacking hostel. And I said, look, please, I'll do anything. I'll clean your toilets. Can I just need a place to stay and some food? And they're like, yeah, fine. Um, so I cleaned the toilets that night and they gave me a place to sleep. And the next day, I, without the masking, I cleaned the whole hostel out. And um, I kind of just, I didn't have any options really. And within two months... I ended up running the hostel because the owners moved to Australia and they left me in charge of the whole thing. And I was looking after a youth hostel of like 150 members. Um, and I had a big room and I had like these, had money for food and I got, I had a great life. I was hanging out on Taupo for five months, four or five months, I think, running this hostel. Had a great life. Managed to save a bit of money, managed to get a flight over to Australia. And that's where I, um, started doing personal training, but. It's amazing when when you sort of take risks and just sort of do stuff. It's amazing what happens. I mean, I've done a lot of extreme things in, in my life and I've sort of put myself in a lot of situations and um, it's given me a lot of confidence. So I didn't have confidence going in, but I had more confidence coming out. So I think sometimes people get the wrong way around. They think, oh, I need to have confidence so I can go traveling or I need to have confidence before I set up a business. No, no, no. 
You go traveling and that'll give you confidence. You set up a business and the mistakes you make will give you confidence. So flip it round. And uh, yeah, I think we'll end there. That's me nattering away. So hopefully you found those 10 tips useful. Do let me know. And hopefully you'll enjoy the new series of the MX podcast. Episode two um, of series two will come out next Wednesday. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the MX podcast. All feedback, reviews and social shares are very much appreciated. To find out more about the Methodology X Online Members Club, our award-winning MX Group Fitness Classes, or to join our global family of MX instructors, please visit danrobertsgroup.com.